Welcome to Women's Brew, where women talk about beer. In today's episode, we promote shattering glass ceilings and smashing the pintriarchy with Grace from Liquid Light. I'm Joanne and this is Tori. Hello. And we're two beer-loving women on a mission to get more people drinking and talking about great beer. Come join us. So today we have the lovely Grace from Liquid Light with us. Welcome. Hello, thank you for having me. Joining us. Um, could you tell us a little bit, a bit about who you are, where you come from, why are you here with us today? Fab. Okay, so um, I am Grace. <laughs> I'm from Nottingham um, in the East Midlands and uh, I am one of the co-founders of Liquid Light Brewing Company. Um, so I got into homebrewing a few years ago um, and myself and my partner Tom decided to start Liquid Light and we're here now. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> oh, that's fab. Um, I see you've got a drink on the go so oh, we yeah. should crack our drinks I think before yeah, we, I think before so. we ask you. We've got I a whole bunch so. of questions to ask you. I yeah. think it's worth cracking our drink. So we've got the uh, day trip of Pale Ale. So that's what we're going to have. Uh, do you want to tell us a bit about sort of the pale ale, just to know what it is that we should be looking for and all that? Yeah, cool. basically when, so when we started the brewery, we um, we always wanted to, it, it was, kind of came out of a love of session beers, basically. Uh, you know, we used to go down the pub and we want to be able to drink some decent session beers and we've always wanted to produce beers that you could have a pint of. Um, so we when we first started we had less dangerous which was a, a new england ipa uh, that we brewed which was four and a half percent so a new england pale um and that that was really popular and then um we i think we struggled to get the hops at one point for it because okay. we were so small we, we couldn't get a hot contract and that's where day tripper was born we kind of we could find amarillo and we could find motawaka so we thought, okay, let's, you know, let's use what we've learned and let's let's put it in a pail. And it just, it took off. Like Day Tripper, 4.3% pale ale, just absolutely took off. Um, and it's now, we we don't have any, you know, we have a tank full of it all the time. Yeah. Because whenever a batch comes out, it's gone again. Um, it's one of those pale ales, it's really versatile. So uh, we do a lot of it in cask, but we also can some and we also... Um, it's it's available in keg as well um, and so it's just that versatility as well with a style that we always as well we're really passionate about you know filling that cask side filling that craft side as well and having something that just everyone can enjoy which I think awesome. that's really cool. so hopefully you enjoy it oh, it yeah, I was amazing. just gonna say I just took a sip like I just had yeah. one sip so far and I can definitely see like sessionability in it yeah yeah absolutely oh, yeah and, and that was the idea behind it. Um, you know, it's something that everyone can drink. You could have a pint of it. Equally, it's punchy enough that if, say, you were to order a half of it in a bar, you know, hopefully it's quite a memorable drink. So you'd go, oh, yeah, I had a half of that. And that, that you know, I really enjoyed it. That's kind of, that was the desire behind this beer, was to just create something really drinkable. Yeah, I, I think you have successfully achieved that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, very very full of flavour, for sure. And like Joe said, the aroma is lovely. Yeah, very sort of like orange mandarin kind of things I get from it with the amaro yeah. yeah, very fresh. Yeah, I think. And there's that lovely Christmas to it as well, which I feel like makes it go like really well with bar snacks. I always find like the crisper the beer, the better it goes with bar Absolutely. snacks. <laughs> yeah. 
goes with your bar snacks. Yeah. <laughs> <That's what we're laughs> <about>. <laughs> many many a night has been spent at the pub doing lots of research on uh, bar snacks <laughs> and uh, drinkability. It feels like it's research. Oh yeah, that feels like <laughs> one of the best jobs to have, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, I know obviously, like, uh, so I've seen sort of a bit about like your brewery and how like you know music was quite a big influence to you and obviously I mean you can tell kind of it's called day tripper <laughs> that's like you know as a song name um and obviously uh did you want to sort of explain what the name behind the brewery is because I know like some people might not know what that is in terms of music yeah of course so uh myself and my partner Tom we've always been you know music and beer has always been our two our two and when we started the brewery, it just, it honestly wouldn't have felt right for it to not be included in some way. Um, so one day we were watching a Pink Floyd documentary and it was footage of Pink Floyd at the UFO club in London. in I think, I don't know, I think something like 1969 and behind Pink Floyd on stage were these liquid light projections which are, for anyone that doesn't know, is uh, basically oils and dyes in water um, make the effect, um, you know, as, as petrol does when you see it on the road when it's rained, um, make this amazing effect when, when everything interacts. And liquid light, the art form, is kind of the discovery and uh, it's very, <laughs> very spontaneous. So you can never predict. It's the art form of just like trial and error, putting different oils in, different dyes in, and basically just seeing what comes out. Um, all, every time you're going to get something amazing. That, that's the joy of it. Um, every time, you know, you, we do like um, of an evening because we actually do all the artwork ourselves. Amazing. So we'll sit down and we will um, put all these oils in water and project them and take photos. And that's the basis of the can artwork. So when we saw these projections behind Pink Floyd, we were like, well, this is an art form that has hysterically paired music and art. And obviously with that scene as well goes, you know, the going out, the drinking, that kind of thing. So um, it just felt right to sort of pair all those three things together. And that we were like, Liquid Light Brewing Company. Oh yeah, that, that kind of sounds all right. Like, and, it, and then there's the a ring to it. About it. <laughs> more about it, we were like, yeah actually like that could be a goer that could be all right um so that's kind of the idea behind it um all of the beer names and uh all of our artwork is taken songs um we also have references we we often just use lyrics as well um so we have um less dangerous is from smells like teen spirit by nirvana um which is one of tom's favorite bands um we have a lot of frank zappa references because we are mad frank zappa fans <laughs> um, and we also we had to name a few beers after our all-time favorite band which is black zappa as well nice no that and i didn't realize that you guys actually made the artwork for yourselves by doing that process like i, I assumed you probably sort of did the the label your like the labels yourself but i didn't realize that you had done it via that process that is so interesting that is really really interesting and interesting as well when we started homebrewing because the nature of homebrewing is that very sort of hands-on process it's that very practical process and to find an art form that also paired that it felt very DIY and it felt very hands-on 
I mean, sometimes uh, we actually just we put things like fairy liquid and things like that in bubbles. And and it just feel it very feels very ad hoc, and it feels like oh let's put a bit of this in, let's put a bit of that in, and it feels like when we first started home brewing, that's the kind <laughs> of approach that we used, you know. Yeah. Um, but then we have uh, so we do we take pictures of all the artwork, and then we send it to uh, one of my best friends, who's um, a, an amazing graphic designer, and she actually then puts the font onto them and makes it kind of the final file that you see. So she'll just sort of adjust the colors slightly. Um, and just make sure that it's all it all works as as a final piece and that's honestly that is so cool to know that and I and I was thinking as well like when you were describing the process of of you know the liquid light artworks and stuff how it is very much trial and error you never really get like the same thing twice and and I feel like that relates so much to brewing beer as well because you can brew the same beer you know back to back and you can make little tweaks to it or you could do the same as that thing and for whatever reason depending on the ingredients it could come out slightly different than what it normally comes out as so it feels like it works like sort of twofold in that sense so that is a really brilliant name all around yeah they're very relatable processes yeah love it um so you started up this brewery together uh what were the challenges for starting starting this brewery and you've recent not very long your tap room's been open has it it's not no so um so we started uh we started in 2017 um in the autumn of 2017 we literally started in our shed um so we had uh, initially we had a 60 litre homebrew setup uh, which was a three vessel system, which we actually converted old cooking pots into nice. uh, broom vessels. Um, so it was like super DIY, yeah. you know, super budget. <laughs> yeah. um, so we, we started home brewing 60 litres at a time, which for us at the time was, I mean, it's two kegs a bit. You know, if you if you turn up to a friend's party with two kegs a bit, yeah. like you're everyone's friend. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? you're the best. Definitely. You get invited back. <laughs> yeah it was so much fear for us at the time um and we were just like wow this is you know we'll never need to this is crazy like this is so much beer um and then we started hand bottling some we started giving it to friends and they were like this is actually like really good and you, you know what you think I'm just saying that you know yeah just, yeah free beer like yeah um but then we started sort of giving some bottles to pub managers and they were going, no, actually, like, we think this would go down really well in the pub. Um, and so we were like, oh, OK. So then we upgraded to a 100 litre kit. And again, we just started bottling and it was going really well. Um, and then we were lucky enough to get the opportunity at Magpie Brewery. Um, it's Cookie Brew there. So I think one of the one of the like initial challenges for us was that sort of having someone to give us that opportunity. You know, yeah. it was. One of the initial challenges, especially when we both had jobs of our own, we both, you know, we we didn't have the luxury of having a lot of money to start up. We couldn't just go, right, we're going to do this. We're going to start a brewery. Like that wasn't how we started. Uh, We saved a bit of money and we went, okay, let's try, let's try doing a 900 litre batch and just see, see how it goes and see if anyone wants to buy it. So I think initially, first challenge for us was definitely money. Because we just, we, you know, scrambled together some savings and, and that's what we did. Um, then moving from, I think one of our other initial challenges was moving from 100 litres to 900 litres is a very different gallon. Yeah, that's a big step. 
Um, we were lucky in that Tom used to work for a brewery in Nottingham called Totally Brewed, mm -hmm. uh, which are a, a brilliant uh, real ale brewery, and uh, they do some amazing sort of craft IPAs and pale ales as well. Uh, just excellent. So we were lucky that he'd had the experience there of doing that. But when you're doing it yourself and it's your own money and, you know, you've got you've got that on the line, it's it's a very different thing. It really is. Um, and the first beer we made was less dangerous. So it was a it was a recipe that we'd homebrewed mm. and that we tried. But as you said earlier, you know, the tiniest things can can change the process. Um, so we tried it. It turned out well. <laughs> and we sold it and it sold very quickly and we got good feedback from it and therefore you know we could we could do the next batch and the next batch but definitely someone giving us the opportunity to do that I will be forever grateful for because if they hadn't have done that I don't know if we'd be here today yeah. you know it was it's that kind of thing it's turning what you your hobby that you're really passionate about into a business is like a it was a big step for us definitely so I've kind of had like two questions off the back end. The first question being, uh, did you know, like, were you, like, did you have a good relationship with the people at Magpie beforehand or did you just happen to meet them perchance before they kind of yeah. offered up that space? We honestly just met them in the pub one night. Uh, so it, was, it was when Totally Brewed opened uh, their, one of their venues. Um, we had sort of a trade night and um, it was just kind of a, you know, one those random things in passing that you go oh yeah we've you know we've kind of saved a bit of money and we're looking to maybe do this but we're not sure and Gavin was just amazing Gavin and Katrina were just like yeah do it you know we've got a bit of space in the brewing schedule like off you go amazing. and it was like ah. <laughs> <laughs> no we've actually got to do it yeah <laughs> oh, that's that's yeah that is amazing like that that's uh can you imagine if you just were like oh I'm not feeling like going to the trade night tonight or anything <laughs> no, like that like just that one small different. choice yeah I always th I always think like a you kind of get back what you put into the universe and b like I do feel I've, I know not everyone believes but I genuinely do feel like certain things do happen for a reason because like some stuff is just too coincidental for it to be something that just happened out of the blue but um, my, my other question being like when you did that scale up from home brewing to, to sort of brewing 900 liters how different was that batch that you were doing home brew compared to when you scaled up was it relatively the same taste wise or was there quite a difference still good both ways but mm -hmm. yeah we managed to we were we were really considered um about it and we did manage to get, I think, I think if anything, it was slightly improved because I think that the, we had access to fresher ingredients. So, you know, obviously with, when you're home brewing, you, uh, there's, there's a, a myriad of amazing websites out there. Um, and I've not, I've, to be quite honest, I've not looked recently, but I know that people have told me that you can get, you know, a lot, a lot of really fresh hops now at home brew scale, which is amazing. But I know that we were kind of using not the freshest ingredients, not the fresh, you know, there weren't this year's hops. Yeah. There were, um, and also the malt as well. Um, it might have been things that, because we were brewing on such a small scale, it might have been things that we'd had for a couple of months, you know, yeah. when it take us that long to get through this. Through yeah. Them the scale that we were at so I think that if anything it actually benefited from having the access to those fresh ingredients and the malt um 
And I think it turned out, again, the universe must have aligned somewhere, but I think it actually turned out quite a bit better than, than the homebrew version. Nice. Amazing. And I know uh, you won the Thirsty Games at Indie Man Beer Con in 2018. Was it with that beer that you that you won or was it a completely so different beer? That was, so it was with, um, oh my goodness, what did we, it was, what did we take? We've had a lockdown since then. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we Quite had, a few years back, so it's fair if you don't remember. <laughs> I think we had about six beers overall. Um, we were we were lucky enough. We turned up and we were pouring with Yonder and Donzoko, and we just felt nice. like underdogs. <laughs> we were like, "Oh my goodness, what are we doing here? Like these people are insane." Um, Reese from Donzoko continues to be just one of my favourite people <laughs> on planet Earth. He is just an absolute ray of sunshine I absolutely love him and still like we're still in contact with him a few weeks ago we've just done our first lager um at the oh, new nice. site and uh he's been like messaging us being like hope the lager's not okay like can't wait to try it and he's he's just wonderful um but yeah so I think we took six beers in total I know that one of them was definitely an impy stout we did with Emperor's Brewery um which people still still talk about to this day so we must we must do that again one day it was a rum raisin imperial stout that we did oh amazing (laughs) that just sounds amazing (laughs) yeah we did um i know we did a we did a marmalade saison oh yes that sounds amazing as well yeah that's on my list to definitely revisit um because that that was a that was a little gem yeah (laughs) not returned since and then also surprisingly which we didn't think it would but pink moon our raspberry wheat beer i love pink moon absolutely flew that weekend as well i don't know if you can see it but (laughs) the lighting is never great when it doesn't auto adjust (laughs) so it always looks washed out but probably crack that in a minute (laughs) that was just like an absolutely crazy weekend because we you know we took a four percent raspberry wheat beer to indie man beer con and we were like oh because no, like, oh obviously that, that's obviously historically just the most incredible showcase of the, of just yeah. utterly stunning beers and we'd gone as punters every year um and it's it can i mean i'm so sad that it hasn't been on the past couple of years because it is one of my favorite beer festivals ever i just i love it i absolutely love it and um so to take a four percent raspberry wheat beer we were like we don't have to go down like um but everyone loved it so again the universe aligned and we won so really um, excited to drink it now (laughs) (laughs) were you were you home brewing still at that point or were you brewing on like a you were still home brewing and you still managed to win just we just started cuckoo brewing at that point yeah, so we'd we'd not long been cuckoo brewing, um, but we did we did take some beers that we'd brewed in our shed. Um, the, the marmalade saison was one of them as well, which I think is when we turned up, we were like, <laughs> shed beer. Yeah. <laughs> I think if anything, shed beer. No, I think if anything, that kind of sends a message to people that yeah. if you're passionate and you put the time and effort into making something, like it doesn't matter what scale you're brewing on, like a yeah. good beer is a good beer, and people will recognise that. Absolutely. So. I think as well it's you know as I've said we we don't come from bad amounts of money so I just and I'm really passionate about people getting into home brewing that you know that if they aren't able to buy you know one of these amazing fancy all-in-one vessel systems and and things like that and people come up to me I'm like oh you know home brewing sounds great but you know it's the money to start up or it's the it's the money on ingredients or it's this or it's that and I'm like 
convert some cooking pots that's right (laughs) mine is two pots on the on the stove that's how i homebrew yeah absolutely um so the tap room is amazing by the way (laughs) i absolutely love it i love the layout um how how was the journey to setting that up um it was stressful (laughs) (laughs) so um it was amazing but stressful setting up a brewery in a pandemic great choice grace well (laughs) (laughs) honestly the amount of delays the amount of extra costs um that would you obviously no one could help it you know it's it's nothing that could be helped but that you know the challenges that have been thrown in there because of also because of the pandemic um we just we could never have foreseen that at all yeah um so we we were lucky enough that magpie were happy with us staying Uh, i think we were there two and a half years in total so they were just amazing to have us for that long um and we were always waiting for the right space we kind of knew where we wanted to be in nottingham we wanted to be somewhere local to us um and the place that we found in snenton is actually literally 10 minutes from our house oh nice Um, convenient (laughs) (laughs) too convenient (laughs) (laughs) i i do spend more time there than i do at home (laughs) But, so, so we always we always we knew kind of where we wanted to be and a unit came up in um so it was the november of the november of 2020 yeah what we yeah yeah honestly because of the pandemic I'm right always, nobody knows nobody, nobody knows, knows time anymore like nobody knows honestly in the world. <laughs> so a unit came up in november 2020 um and we were like look you know there's never a good time this is kind of a really bad time, but hey, why not? <laughs> Let's do it. Um, we didn't move it because of all the delays and everything. We didn't move in until the March. So that was a good kind of like five months that we were, you know, waiting around, getting all the paperwork done. Um, the kit was on order in the November and it didn't reach us until June. Oof. So we, uh, it was massively delayed. We had massive increased costs because um during the time that our kit was being shipped was when the Suez canal crisis happened oh no yep (laughs) so of all the time in all the world (laughs) um so that was pretty stressful as well um and the kit arrived uh two days before we opened the tap room oh goodness so we, uh, myself and, and Tom, with the help of Tom's brother, managed to, uh, we hired a forklift and we managed to get it all unloaded and all in place. And then we, that was on the Wednesday. And then we opened the tap room on the Friday. Blimey. Which was, uh, yeah, which is crazy. Um, <laughs> but the, the tap room is, I know, Joanne, you, you've obviously been, um, but yep. the tap room is, for anyone that doesn't know, it's kind of like, going to your grandma's living room <laughs> um, it's great absolutely love that description it's amazing yeah, Did... there's, lots of, there's lots of rugs there's lots of crochet uh there's lots of dog ornaments <laughs> which are a theme that runs throughout my yes. life <laughs> <laughs> um there's lots of fringing and yeah it's just like a cozy i wanted it to just be like a cozy living room 
you know when when we say that the brewery is our second home it literally is like i want people to feel comfortable to come in sit down spend the evening there and just feel like they're they're at the I was going to say friend's house, but it's more like your grandma's. <laughs> grandma's, house. grandma's house with great psychedelic colours going on yeah. all over the place. That's it, but that kind of matches like the yeah. overall theme, yeah. like the name right. and the, the label. And and, oh, that's, yeah. Amazing. Because yeah. I see them every day, but we've got these uh, giant lava lamps that when people come in, they're just like, these are amazing. Where did you find these? And it's honestly just me going to car boots. Well, I was going to say, I'm sure someone said to me that you thrifted all of it. All of it. amazing everything is either from a charity shop from my house (laughs) um or from a car boot amazing i think that's really cool and sustainable so that's yeah positive (laughs) because i imagine our lava lamps are not uh if you put them if you try to be in a lava lamp they are probably not very sustainable (laughs) no um and it was it was in that weird time as well when the sort of when we when we signed for the brewery the one of the thoughts that I had was oh no all the charity shops are closed <laughs> and That's I was amazing. panicking because I was like am I going to decorate everywhere <laughs> I can yeah I think that's probably something that you don't necessarily think about like when you think about opening up a brewery in a tap room like people not so much you because you're the you're the business owner but like other people that are just going to your brewery to like you know chill out and see like if you're trying to create certain vibes like it's like when you move into a house you have to fill that house with furniture and if you have a bigger house than the house you're currently in you need more furniture for it but the people coming over to visit you don't necessarily go oh how much furniture did you have to buy since the move-in you don't think about that and and you wouldn't think about how that's massively impacted <laughs> the setup so yeah no absolutely and I think that from from my point of view as well I've always been quite conscious of a lot of places that I've been to they they feel quite clinical and they feel I don't want to say it, but they feel quite like masculine yeah they feel yeah. you know there's a lot of a lot of masculine energy there <laughs> and yeah. I wanted it to very much be that kind of bit quirkier um that they kept with who we are as people I think what's been really nice is that people come into the tap room and they go oh well you can see this is a labor of love you know yeah. because no one's going to be putting crochet blankets out if yeah. they don't have to <laughs> you know? so it, I just it, love it, that idea it, it represents us as well which I think you know I think is nice now that is really good. How, how has it been like the, the two of you working together like sub side especially during pandemic like has that been has it been more or less like not a problem at all or? yeah it's, it's been all right I mean so when um during the at the start of the pandemic I also had I still had another job so I was kind of working two jobs um and, you know, there was the very sort of uncertainty of what was going to happen with that job. You know, you don't know. Yeah. Um, and so we just kind of we just kind of got on with it. Um, you know, we just kind of powered through. And I think like everyone in the pandemic, it was just kind of you do what you have to do at the time. Yeah. Uh, so I was kind of I was taking days off from my other job to go and um, deliver beer to people's houses and milk bottles <laughs> and things like that, you know, just to keep it going. Um and yeah it's been it's it's very much me and Tom are very much yin and yang we're very you know we're very like opposite in terms of our skill set which which works really well um because you know he's he's definitely the more sort of like practical um more creative on like the the brewing side Mm -hmm. 
then I'm sort of the more kind of practical on the business side um, and and those kind of things and the tap room and sort of getting that ready and things. So it, it works well. That's amazing. That just like the whole, the vibe of the, of the brewery and the vibe of the tap room and how you guys kind of work together. It's all just, it all just aligns so nicely. <laughs> I'm sorry, we were lucky as well that we, um, so when we opened the tap room as well, we were, we were looking for to, to come on board and help because obviously with myself and Tom, you know, being in the brewery as well and, and doing all the production side, like we, we think we kind of need someone in the tap room. So um, we found uh, Kelly who, who knew uh, she'd managed a bar that we did a tap takeover in a few years ago and I, <laughs> very coy, <laughs> sent her a message one day just on Instagram like, so we might need some help what do you think to maybe having a chat and look at about 10 minutes she sent me a message like yes 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 so we were looking lucky to find her so uh kelly is our taproom manager um who helps us out at the weekends um which has been a, a you know a godsend as well because it it's it's full on when you're doing everything yourself definitely yeah wearing wearing all the hats I can yeah. imagine even with two of you like I feel like there's just not between two of you there's not enough arms like you just need more <laughs> arms to just do things it's funny because my mom when I speak to my mom in the evening she's like oh so how's today been like what have you been up to and I'm like everything it, all of it I've done everything I, can't, I don't know I don't even know what I did this morning but you know because days are so versatile and because you know one day I'm a delivery driver the next day I'm brewing the next day I'm running the tap room it's you know the next day I'm an accountant worst days <laughs> um but it's just it's just everything and that's you know that's part of being a small business but that's also part of the joy of it because every day is completely varied that'd be really cool though delivering beer to people that have ordered your beer like even if they especially if they like have no idea that like you're the owner of it and you just deliver it and they'll be saying to you like oh I really like this beer it's really great and stuff like you must get people that tell you how much they really like it when you drop it off to them and that must be like a really rewarding feeling in and of itself even if you've had the longest day ever (laughs) yeah no absolutely and that's um I know that's one of Tom's favorite jobs reason because you know you get to turn up to the places and especially as well when you turn up to a pub and maybe there's punters in there drinking something and they're like, they see your t-shirt or whatever. And they're like, yeah, liquid light. Like we love that beer or whatever. Or, or they're like trying to tell the landlord to get it on as soon as possible. And, you know, yeah, it's just, it's just nice because at the end of the day, that's why we do it. You know, we, we do it so that people can sit with their friends and, and have a nice pint. You know, that's, that's what we're doing it for. Yeah, it's one of, the, one of the best sides of the craft beer community, I think. Absolutely. It's, it's, yeah, it's that interaction. I mean, I'm really gutted because when I was up in Nottingham, by the time I got around to going out, your place was closed. <laughs> so I didn't get a chance to go. We, we, we were with somebody, we were with a friend, like we went up for a wedding. We went to Nottingham for the night because the wedding wasn't in Nottingham. Um, and then we tried to just kind of make our way around. But unfortunately, we started a bit later in the day and we had someone else with us. So it was uh, lots of conversations, which was really good. But it just meant that we were drinking slower, having more drinks at each places. And by the time we sort of came around... It, 
we were like, oh, I was like, I definitely, this is one place. It's like liquid lights, one of the places I definitely want to go to. And uh, and then I looked and I was like, oh, they're closed. I think you, I think you were closing within like 10 minutes or something. And I was like, there's no way we're going to get there, order a drink and sit down with yeah. enough time to do anything. And I was like, oh no. And I was so gutted. But thankfully Joe brought me beers back for when she was up there. Not you. <laughs> I, was I was like, like yeah. Right. <laughs> Well, that's a terrible, point, terrible project management. Come in. Just drop us a message when you're on your way, and I'll get the snacks ready. Go, I am no, honestly, <laughs> I, I, di- I barely got to scratch the surface of not knowing that. I didn't. I feel like there's a few places that people talk about when you ask for recommendations. Um, we just came back from. We just came back from Sheffield. I feel like nobody really talks yeah. about how much amazing drinking there is in Sheffield. No one really talks about how much amazing drinking there is in Nottingham, unless somebody asks the question of, oh, "I'm going to Nottingham. What's there?" Yeah. Um, and I just had no idea. I I really underestimated it. And I thought, oh, I've got some recommendations, but surely I can hit all of them. But then places had so many good offerings that I was like, it's so difficult to just get a drink and move on. Um, so definitely going to go back. And I'm going to crack this beer now, this Pink Moon, because you've really had me wanting to try it. I was going to stick with one, but I can't. I, I need to have another now. Um, I'm sad I didn't grab one for myself. I should have done. <laughs> you grabbed it for me, and I'm going to make you jealous. I was, really, <laughs> I was really nice and got one for you. Oh, and that colour as well is—it is pink. It is definitely yeah. pink. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the idea behind so way back when when I uh, got into beer, so I always used to very much be a Jack Daniels and Coke. Mm-hmm. You know, that was my that was my drink. When I was like um, younger, that's, you know, I was, that was all, all I would drink. And then um, one day I had Leafman's Fruities. Yep. And it just, <laughs> my brain was like, what? This is beer? <laughs> yeah. And, and it, it just kind of blew my mind because I'm, I'm extremely sensitive to bitterness um, just my palate is just so so sensitive to bitterness so whenever I'd had when I drank sort of bit you know when when I'd got a pint of say pale ale or IPA before I'd always kind of gone oh like just you know yeah. it just obviously again we know, I know now <laughs> that, that there is a you know a large spectrum of of different styles and also um you know bitterness varies greatly but these particular beers that I had obviously just tickled my taste buds in the wrong way and, and I just didn't get on with on with the beer that I'd had so when I tried that I was like okay so this is beer but beer can taste like this and I'd never I'd never just it I, for some reason my brain had just never gone oh there's a whole world of beer out there that you could you could explore right. no one had introduced me to it and I grew up in a very small town that was very much you have you you know doom bars on the bar or there's you know there's a bitter there'll be a strong IPA and it was there was no keg keg wasn't a thing it was just cask and there was just there was just no variation to that you know so um when I moved to Nottingham and I started going in all these these pubs and for example so the canal house I don't know if you managed to go in when you were in Nottingham but the canal house is one of my favorite pubs in Nottingham I love the Um, canal house and they just have the most amazing selection of Belgian beers. And so when I started to go in there and, you know, then I started trying sort of Le Chouf and all these different, you know, I had, I had my first Creek in there and, and things like that. I was just like, oh my goodness, there is this, this mad world of beer. Um, and so I, I really got into my fruit beers 
And the only issue that I found with my fruit beers is that there wasn't anything that was not cloyingly sweet that was a lower ABV. Um, And that was what I wanted Pink Moon to be. So I wanted a fruit beer that I could drink, but that I wasn't going to get drunk off two pints on. Yeah. Um, So I kind of discussed it with Harm and he was like, well, you know, like what, what do you want from it? And we sort of said, right, okay, well, I want... I want it to be quite full-bodied. I want it to be super fruity. I want it to have that bit of sort of, you know, acidity in some way to to cut through any sort of sweetness that there might be. But also I kind of want it to be like 4%. And we were like, right, okay, well, let's try it then. And going back to the shed bit. (laughs) So in the shed, we we used to go clear out Lidl of all their frozen raspberries yes the check the people on the checkout used to look at us like we were mad (laughs) (laughs) what are you buying all these raspberries for every time we got asked um and we just made a very simple wheat beer base and we just shoved a load of raspberries in the fermenter and you know this came out (laughs) yeah i feel like that ticks like literally as you were saying those things i was like tick 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 and it tastes so unique for a wheat beer the smell is very raspberry the taste is very raspberry puree like and and it has a bit of tartness to it that like i wouldn't if you said here's a wheat beer i wasn't expecting it to have like that tartness to it um it's really lovely like it is really nice i'm glad you're enjoying it um and it's you know it's it's evolved massively over the years as well but when uh, one of the issues that we had very early on was it, it was coming out very thin uh, we couldn't get because it is such a low ABV we couldn't get that mouthfeel from it um, and I've always as well it's important to us that all our beers are vegan so I, d- I don't like adding loads of adjuncts in, into things I think that yeah. you can you know you can do a lot with uh, sort of slightly slightly nifty techniques and also just by uh, adding natural ingredients so as it's evolved throughout the years we actually add a bit of maltodextrin into pink moon um which increases the body you know increases those sugars um because of the the unfermentable sugars in it, it 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 means that you do have that body in it and a lot of people what's nice now is that a lot of people say to us i would never think it's four percent doesn't taste four <laughs> percent which i think is a great compliment because in my mind that means yeah we've cracked it you know it's it's how it should be yeah it has like that medium mouthfeel to it you know yeah. it's it's not thin it's not like watery or anything like that and and it very much like it doesn't taste like four percent i'm not saying that all of a sudden it's like oh it's you know when you have a double ipa and it tastes like you've got pure spirit in it it's just so full of flavor and it doesn't really taste four percent it tastes just like i don't know anything that's like a maybe like the six percent range almost even and it it's really smooth it's really nice it's actually so we um (laughs) when we put it on in the tap room um we got when we opened the tap room we got all these people in who'd never heard of us and they kind of stumbled across the tap room because luckily we're, <laughs> luckily we're right near a uh, music practice space. Nice. So we've had quite a few fans coming in like, oh, like, this is a cool vibe, you know, I'm going to try a beer, but usually I only drink lager and, and that kind of thing. And we've, <laughs> we've got so many of them on Pink Moon and it's Amazing. just brilliant to see. <laughs> I just love 
love it because like these bands will come in and I'll be like, right, six pints of Pink Moon. And they're like, yep, yeah, sound. And they'll sit in there all night and they'll drink Pink Moon. And for me personally, that is like such a triumph because that's what I wanted that beer to be. Not just, for, you know, for myself, but the fact that other people are now enjoying it to that extent is like, yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to try that fresh, like fresh off tap. Mm-hmm. I bet it would be even more amazing I did have so one of the places that I did go and I don't remember the name of it at the moment but one of the places I did go had your uh watermelon Berliner Weiss oh, right okay yeah I was lit I, I had it I was like oh my god this is amazing it was just I was like I was like there's watermelon I like to go for things that I see that are a bit different that I haven't tried before that are a bit different like as different as I can get will be something that I would definitely try and like watermelon you don't see a lot of people putting watermelon in things um and and especially when I see like watermelon and Berliner Weiss, like those to me don't seem yeah. like things you'd normally pair together. And it was amazing. I was just like, this is so good. <laughs> I think I messaged you, Joe, and I was yeah. like, I've had, I said, yeah. I couldn't get into Liquid Life, but I did try <laughs> off a tap at one of the places I went to. And I was like, it, it was stunning. Oh. It was so good. So how you've managed to do that, like balance it out so it's not too tart, it's not too acidic. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like you've done it with this as well. It's not, yeah. you know, too much. It's just the right amount. It's very well balanced. Well, that one, um, we actually, uh, so <laughs> we hand juiced. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, uh, I don't know if you've seen them. I hadn't seen them until we started brewing, but black watermelons. Oh. So the outside of them is, it's quite, it's like a, quite a lot darker than the nutritional watermelon and inside um it's like dark dark pink fleshy which is like where the color comes from because when I'm pouring it in the tap room I know a lot of people they think of watermelon and they they think of kind of like a light dusky pink yeah Um, and then they see it and they're like is this is this the right one that you're pouring me because it has like a kind of almost like a like a red rose kind of hue to it and that's because it's actually black watermelons um and we found we we did that recipe a few times when we were home brewing and we found that it's really difficult to and again it comes back to this natural flavors thing it's it's super difficult to we found to extract watermelon flavor from like standard watermelons because it is such a delicate fruit yeah Um, and that's that was kind of the draw of it for us with a berliner vice it was it, it is that delicate fruit and we we kind of were like, well, we're not really getting enough fruit character. So again, it was that thing of, well, we don't want to use flavorings. We, you know, we always want to steer away from that. So, okay, is there any other sorts of watermelons? <laughs> um, and and that's a credit to Tom because that's that's the sort of things. That's kind of how his brain works. That's the sort of things I would never think to look. Yeah. More. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, but yeah so that's that's quite an unusual one but I'm glad you enjoyed it yeah it was really it was really good um but yeah I mean I guess kind of because I so as I said I didn't get to your tap room Joe did which kind of leads us on to the next bit of like how you guys connected I don't know I'll I'll hand it over to you two yeah. to kind of say how you connected because that will lead us lovely into our next sort of yeah so um I so I came up oh, well first of all I had seen that you had opened a tap room and was like um, I need to go up to Nottingham and try out their tap room. Um, and then I saw that you had uh, an event on for um, Nottingham Craft Beer Week called Smash the Pine Triarchy. I got my little sticker. <laughs> um, 
which as a, you know, a woman in the beer community was very exciting to me. And, and we connected there. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about how Smash the Pintriarchy came about and why, why we had it? Yeah, absolutely. So um, a few years ago, I attended, before I properly got into beer, I attended a panel discussion with um, Jager um, at a pub called Bunkers Hill in Nottingham. And it really, uh, it really like had a lasting impact on me. It was, it was kind of the first opportunity that I had where I came away from it and I was like, yes, like I have allies in this industry, you know, because unfortunately, in especially particularly in the brewing scene in Nottingham, there there isn't many women, um, and it kind of you know it it felt felt a little bit lonely <laughs> there, yeah, you know, um, imagine. and and it was the first event where I, I felt yes, like these are problems that yes I've experienced and people are talking about them and that's brilliant and. So, you know, roll on a few years and properly got into the industry and I opened my own brewery and experienced, you know, way more, way more things um, about the, you know, the not so nice side of the industry. And also having worked behind a bar previously and those sorts of things, I was like, it's about time that something else happened in Nottingham. That, that stood up for, for this and, and, and made people talk about the issues that, that are going on, that, you know, often pe- people are kind of not ignoring, not brushing under the carpet, but, you know, they're, they're kind of, they're there, but no one's really talking about it. So I was kind of thinking about what I could do and I came up with, it's like, yeah, smash the patriarchy. And then I was like, smash the patriarchy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a brilliant like, name. But then I frantically Googled it because I was like, oh God, like, have I heard that before? Like, I, yeah. I was I'm really worried that I'd <laughs> stolen someone's idea. And so I was frantically Googling it and I couldn't find anything. So I was like, I think it might be original. Okay, let's call it that. So the idea behind the event was basically just to, to bring something to Nottingham that talked about the issues, that raised awareness of things that were going on. And again, created that sense of solidarity that I'd experienced a few years previously. Um, I wanted to tie it in with Nottingham Craft Beer Week because, again, I feel like women are really underrepresented in Nottingham Craft Beer Week and always have been. Um, so I wanted to kind of do a, yeah, this is this event, smash the patriarchy, and like, you know, <laughs> I've opened a new tap room and basically just like like a bull in a china shop. <laughs> just kind of do something big um I have to say like when I arranged it and when I asked the amazing people that that were on the panel to be there I honestly thought if we can get 20 people I'm going to be well happy I was just like that'll be brilliant you know we'll have a nice group and then like 100 people turned up (laughs) it was heaving it was so good um and I'm like I, I can't believe still that that people came from all over the country as well like Joanne when you turned up I was like it's Joanne like oh no I've seen her on Instagram like <laughs> and I was like it's Christ that's Christ <laughs> and, uh, and other people as well were turning up and I was just like oh my goodness like what like what you're here for this like this is great and it kind of as well it was just really comforting because even before the event started I was like this is going to be amazing just because of the show of people that that were arriving I was just like this is going to be brilliant and 
it kind of yeah it blew it completely blew my expectations um of uh, the event was just brilliant and alongside the event i also um i wanted to do something that kind of cemented the idea of smash the patriarchy and that, that could continue and do some good and so i started the zine as well which i launched at the event um with sort of the idea that local places would stock the zine and therefore if you were a woman and you walked into a pub and you saw that the zine was there you'd go okay like this is a safe space for me to be in um and this is a place where i can feel comfortable um and that was that was kind of the concept behind it i love it i think that's it's pretty so, cool it's so great yeah i guess like my thing is, so if i'm not up in nottingham like do you do any like digital copies of it at all or is that kind of the idea around it more for it to be physical so you you know kind of where to look or is there any plans for it to go digital with the first issue so um the first issue was very kind of diy and was very much me being like okay i've got this idea um like i'm gonna roll with it and then you know basically set like a foundation so in the first issue there was a quite a few uh, there was a couple of pages where I just I left them blank on purpose and it was a this is your space like this zine is going to be for everyone so yes I'm I'm going to mash it all together but the idea behind it is that it is for everyone to contribute and that it's going to be like a community thing and that that you know anyone that kind of identifies out of the out of the norm or uh, you know any sort of marginalized people within the beer industry can have that as an opportunity to go okay so this is an issue I've experienced or this is a piece of artwork that I've done that's reflected an experience that I've had or something like that um so the first issue when I know that um Marianne of Time at the Bar podcast uh, she took a lot down to Bristol with her and it's been distributed in Bristol um, and then also some of it's been distributed to my friends in Manchester as well and um, nice. so with the first issue because it was so DIY I kind of just used my friend network to kind of you know send it into a few places that that I've drank in and that that I know are amazing places to be um but the idea with it going forwards is that anyone that wants to stock it or anywhere that um you know thinks that it could be of benefit as well um would contact me um on the on the back page i'm always going to have my email address so that anyone can write to me and yeah the idea is that that it's stocked kind of as far and wide as people have it really (laughs) Yeah, I'd love to like push people around me to sort of get it into their locations because like I can think of a few places that would probably that I'd be able to go in and say like you should really get this because I would love to be able to read it. Obviously, I'm not up in Nottingham, so it's not like I can just go and pick up a copy. So I'd love to encourage the places that I know that I feel safe and comfortable um, and that's the type of environment they promote. And I think they those type of places would be on board with doing that. So I think if you know anyone's listening to this and wants to read it themselves and, and has their spaces, they feel comfortable they should go in and encourage you know the the people they know within that space to to reach out to you and to try to get copies of it in you know going forward i've got um i've got an email address which is smash the patriarchy at hotmail.com um the the plans for going forwards are so um the next issue is planned to be released towards the end of november 
Um, so I've also just set up because of everything else that's been going on. I've been really lax with it, but um, with I've also just set up an Instagram as well. So you Amazing. can now follow Smash the Pintriarchy on Instagram. And the idea behind that is that I'm going to try and use that as just a platform for people to be able to send things to me. Um, it's sort of a more accessible platform. Yeah. Just, you know, I'll put a post out saying open for submissions now and then people can, can send stuff to me. Um, but yeah, it is very much, I really do want it to be, you know, the people. Like I, I just want anyone and everyone that, that would like to contribute to, to contact me because it's about it's about sharing experience and it's about educating people on these things are happening and also you know also things like what's the definition of harassment you know absolutely because a lot of and when I look back to being younger and even even not very long ago and even now still I'm still learning you know and I still have experiences where afterwards I think, why didn't you say something? Why didn't you say something? And, you you know, I, I kick myself because I'm like, that, that's just not on. But at the time you think, oh, well, you know, is that just me? Did I take it the wrong way? Is that? And actually, I think that it's really important that people have something that they can read and go, no. Like, even if it's just you know, a comment, uh, or even if it's just a facial expression, or even, you know, if it's something on social media, like those things can still be harmful. And those things can still be classed as harassment. And I think it's really important that we all band together and say, these are our experiences, and let's all learn from them together. And that that's kind of like the main thing that I want from the zine. And I want others to get from the zine as well. I was going to say, I think there's that validation piece that some people feel mm-hmm. like, you know like you said they can brush it off or it's just you know I I'm overreacting or I took it the wrong way or anything outside that and when you have something that could maybe offer reassurance or that you don't need validation but I think for some people having the validation can make them feel more comfortable and confident and it that sounds like it could almost act as as that piece of validation for them but um like what kind of content can people expect when they sort of flip through your zine or if they want to submit what type of content is it that that you take submissions for so it's honestly it's pretty much anything and everything so the first issue of the zine um the i'd, I'd really like each issue uh, to have space for, for stories specifically so in the first issue i literally uh, left a page blank and just put claim your space like this is your space and i put my email address because i think that that's a really key a key part of the whole message behind it is, is sharing stories so if anyone's got any stories that they specifically want to share, it can be anonymously, it can be, you know, there's no, there's no pressure on it, on you putting your name or anything like that. Um, then I'd really like space for that. But apart from that, um, in the last issue, we had a piece of artwork. Um, you know, there's, there was an interview um, with uh, Nicola Bottomley who came and was on the panel um, for Smash the Patriarchy. Um, and I've already had, so I've had a poem submission for the next issue already. Um, I've had a piece of artwork and honestly, it's, it's honestly anything that, that people feel appropriate. You know, if you've had an experience that has affected you and, you know, you do whatever you, you take a photo or you, you know, you, you do a piece of art or, or you write about it, anything like that 
will will put into the team because that's what it's about amazing I love it I'm thinking about things that I want to do <laughs> I know I'm like what's your what's your what's like, your word mm-hmm. count <laughs> roughly what's your word count for just <laughs> just in case people want to know <laughs> asking for a friend the, the two kind of staple things that I want is as I say the, the sharing of stories and with each issue as well my kind of input into it is that I will do an interview with someone each issue um and I'm really keen as well on on that representing a lot of different sort of areas of of society and also different people's perspective um because I had a couple of comments when when I did smash the patriarchy and they were like oh well it's a man-hating event and I was like no no it's that it's absolutely not that it's absolutely like you've got yeah. the wrong end of the stick there it's absolutely not that it's about not just you know it's it's about not being against anyone it's about educating and also it's about representing the you know the lgbtq community it's about it's about you know uh we've got a regular that comes into the tap room who's this amazing woman that um is in a wheelchair and it's about representing people with different accessibility needs it's it's about like i said earlier it's about representing anyone that sort of falls outside the norm um and it's about providing a space for them to contribute and for you know so if you're reading it and you could go oh well I've never thought of that perspective before and from doing that hopefully we all learn something you know and it and it, it helps all of us yeah I mean it's leveling the playing field for it's, it's not about taking somebody else down it's about building other people up to level the playing field really for everyone and I, I would hazard a guess that those people that told you it was a man hates an event were people that probably weren't actively participated in the conversations leading up to it and probably maybe didn't do as much research into what it actually was um just took snippets from what they saw places and probably didn't attend themselves to find out that's what it was because that actually leads me on to to the next thing I was going to say which is you know Joe I know you went with Gordon you went with yep. your husband and um I don't know if you have anything else you can share from that but I know from the conversations I had with you and and Gordon it didn't sound like he felt out of place no, um, I mean, or uncomfortable in that he sense. He said to me before we were going, he was like, oh, is this going to be like a women's event? Should I not come to it? And I was like, don't be ridiculous. Like, come along. It'll just be, you know, everybody. And like, he sat there. He had a lovely time chatting to people, has him, had himself some beers. And he was just like, this is, this is really nice. Like, this was really lovely. And I was like, see this, this is the kind of, of atmosphere and, and, safe space that we want to create everywhere like yeah he was he had a great time he then came out with um five very happy feminists (laughs) who were buoyed by the event and um yeah uh, and we may have done some chalking afterwards (laughs) that's great and it's surprising honestly how many people contacted me um beforehand and said oh is it a women only event and I was like no no bring bring everyone you know bring all the people well, actually, I think if you all agree, right? It was it was actually a really good split of people. Yeah, it was a, it was a really good mix of people, and that as well. Like, I was just like, yes, yes, people get yeah. it. This is what this is what it's for, you know. Yeah, uh, I'm really pleased at the group of people that came as well. Um, and with with the um release of the next um edition of the zine, hopefully at the end of November. Um, I'm, I am planning on doing another event as well. Um, so, yeah, watch out for that as well. Amazing. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but, <laughs> but I know it's, it's, 
hopefully going to be along the same lines so amazing are you thinking of having like events in other parts of the country because uh Marion yeah. might have said something to us about I don't know if she yeah. said that on the podcast. I, I don't know did she say that on the... I don't know I don't if think she, did. she did I think that's a secret hush hush we may we may have insider yeah. information so um yeah sorry Mas. I've been in talks with uh with Marianne about uh we would like to do a Bristol sort of event um whether it'll happen this side of Christmas I'm not yeah. sure that's absolutely definitely going to happen if not you know probably next year um and also I've you know I've got a really good group of friends in Manchester as well and obviously the beer scene there is amazing yeah um and so that's that's also talks have been in the pipeline there as well um so it's absolutely something that I'd love to get as many people involved as possible in um and yeah if we could go to other cities and meet new people and spread the word and spread the love (laughs) then absolutely absolutely that's the thing is I know I know there's so many different places that like I know somebody that would be super into the idea you know I know like Charlotte at Phantom Ben I've got a feeling like you could probably contact her about doing something you know I'm just outside Reading you could probably contact you know her to help do that like you know I'd help get the wheels like you know I'd help organize things I'm close enough by like I can go to Bristol I can help with stuff like that in in that area I'm sure that you know when you build this network the people that you come in contact with like you know those people will want to see it happen so badly that they will volunteer their time and their skill sets to try to help you make sure it will happen as well so I mean did you ever think when you started I'm just like oh I'm so glad that it's not because you know when you get in your own head about things and you think oh is anyone going to turn up and then yeah like no obviously like this is this is what it's about it's imposter syndrome that's all we like we talk about we're, it so, like, we're still time. amazed that people listen to the podcast like we, we, we genuinely we went to sheffield uh recently i don't want to date it so i'll just yeah. say recently so i don't date this too much um and uh we were like out for drinks after and like someone came up we, we brewed a beer with with heist and um, it's on the socials now so we can kind of yeah, say, that. say that and um like people saw us out after and they were like we saw you at heist earlier and they were like oh like which brewery do you work for we're like we don't and they were like oh my god and they were so friendly and they were so just like and and I was like I can't believe people want to like like people like if you want to come have a drink with us you can't I was like why yeah. Like, why do people want to have a drink with me? Yeah. Like, I didn't do like, we, we can't wait to try your beer. We were like, oh, <laughs> it was just that. Like, and then I think like someone tried to come in one side of the bar, and they were like, someone else was like, oh, you know, this is the brewers in here. And I was like, oh, no, it's not. Like, what are you? I'm in here. Like, hold on. <laughs> and it's just that imposter syndrome that I think you, you just. I don't know if you ever really like move. I think you move past it enough where it's not like a roadblock for you anymore. But I don't know if anyone really sort of like. When you when you are humbled, like I don't think you ever really move past that. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I definitely agree with that one. Yeah. <laughs> you can accomplish all the things, but I think there'll still be times that you're just like, "Oh, am I really qualified to do this?" I don't yeah. know. So it's always like it's really nice yeah. to have that validation <laughs> that it's that people are loving it. And I think like what you're doing is absolutely brilliant. Like, did you ever think? when you were doing this that it was going to become as big as it did is that the plans that you wanted for it or did you just think like it will be a small local thing and yeah honestly I I did just when I when I say like 20 people and I'd have been happy that was genuinely like 20 people there'll be a nice little group you know 
and it won't look empty (laughs) Um, but yeah so for it to become such a thing and I think with me it's it's funny because like you say you know I have this kind of like weird imposter syndrome type thing and I'm just like oh no but then I go oh yeah like I can do this and oh I'll just put out a put out a zine and I'll just do this event and I'll and I kind of just kind of like throw things in the wind and then (laughs) said them I'm like oh I better do it now (laughs) and it's not just after a few beers I will (laughs) but I say these things to Tom and he's just like okay yeah yeah you know like one of my you know new hair-brained ideas and and then I'm like oh well I've said it out loud now so (laughs) and I've got to do it people you know have reacted really well to it and now I honestly would like to make it a a national thing and I would invite anyone that listens to this to to get involved and to contact me and see what we can do you know it's ultimately things like this are only only going to benefit everyone and I do mean everyone when I say that you know um like we've said previously people thinking oh no these are just a you know women only events etc they're really not it's really about educating everyone and like Joanne said creating that safe space that everyone everyone should be able to enjoy beer yeah everyone should be able to drink whatever they want without judgment and everyone should be able to work or be in an industry where you don't have to worry about harassment you don't have to worry about going into a pub and getting comments about things and that ultimately is is what this is all about it's about trying to change that for the better and I feel like I could have said that in a lot better way but <laughs> no, I think no, that was I, perfect that was perfect it's perfect yeah. you know what I mean yeah, yeah. <laughs> no that's what we're we are all about here at A Woman's Brew doing all of the things so is there any, anything else you'd like to tell us about liquid light or smash the pint triarchy and your other, other any other plans um no not really I mean honestly it's just it is a genuine you know contact me yeah. <laughs> everyone contact me we'll put the we'll put the email in the show notes we'll put the Instagram handle in there as well mm-hmm. I'll go find that we'll put that all in there yeah everyone can send you idea. everything and like no idea is a silly idea you know when I when I wanted to do the panel discussion um you know it was it was quite a kind of it was a quite a strict sort of format it was quite a, a tailored evening to, to that but um I'd also absolutely just love to do like a big party you know like a big smash the pint triarchy party where it's just an opportunity for like-minded people to to have a drink together you know and I think that that things like that are also really beneficial because like I said about that event I went to years ago it's it creates that sort of that camaraderie and it, it creates that um, solidarity and and I think that that as well as sort of campaigning and educating people as well I think it's so important for us all to feel that solidarity and to feel part of that group as well so honestly like any ideas that anyone has whether it's just things like whether it's beer tastings whether it's a party whether it whether it is something more formal like a talk on something or you know a panel discussion hit me up and we'll we'll have a chat about it i've got an idea but it's 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 probably a lot more involved and time consuming you should have a smash the pint triarchy beer festival where you have all these different like 
female like breweries that have like women heavily involved and like owning and brewing that has you know people of lgbtq that get involved you know people that represent like people minorities like i think that would be a really cool event to be a part of and and to go to um i just think that would be really cool (laughs) watch this space (laughs) (laughs) next summer yeah that that has been an eye that has been something which has been kind of in the back of my mind and I think that there you go you're validated now I've validated you (laughs) out in the open now it's happening next summer June you said it out loud you've said it out loud it has to happen (laughs) happen. um no I I think that yeah I I had thought um because also the idea of kind of having a lot of like female-led like street food and oh yeah snacks as I've said before (laughs) love a beer snack snack. (laughs) you know um things like that as well and make it like you say a proper big sort of celebration an opportunity for everyone to be to be represented I'm just imagining you know a nice sunny day in summer beer flowing lots of lovely people you know maybe a band or two on yeah yes no exactly you could have like the different stages like you could have like a a stage or different (laughs) stages whatever I mean like we've got down here we've got this amazing like these two women that own this uh, Malaysian food company called Maka Malaysian Mm -hmm. and they go to some of the breweries already around with their food and like it is so good I hadn't even thought about the idea of like having you know women and minorities and all that like their food vendors being there like as well uh that would be absolutely brilliant i would definitely make a trip back up for that 100 percent. you said it out loud so you've got to do it now yeah, yeah. i mean i'm not gonna hold it to you but you know <laughs> you said it <laughs> well uh we'll get what, what is it now october we've got plenty of time yeah time. I'll, I'll literally yeah. i'll I commit Hit now like free we time help. i will yeah. help you we will help <laughs> i will help with the planning that's been recorded so yeah it's that's been like, recorded it's been recorded i've pledged my, i've pledged my time <laughs> Um, you need 100%, beauty yeah. beer tastings hosted from your girl i don't really have like the same set of skills but like i can organize. i'm a project beer, manager like, like I, yeah i can pour beer i'm good at that and uh and i can project manage stuff so okay. i've got we've got this skills we've already got the dream team so yeah. definitely definitely <laughs> no absolutely that's uh yeah well we're doing it now so Done. Go team. Done. <laughs> um last question for me anyways I don't know Joe you might have more questions but like if you could envision where either Smash the Pine Tracky or the brewery itself are in you know a year's time like where would you like to see yourselves evolve to in a year's time so I think for us definitely with with the new kit and with the new brewery it's um there's so many there's so many things that we've always wanted to do in terms of their styles um that we've we've not been able to before now. Um, so I briefly mentioned earlier that we, uh, we've just done our first lager. So we've done a Hellas, uh, which has been in tank for eight Ooh. weeks. Um, nice. And it came out last weekend and we've had such good feedback on it. And we're, we're really proud of that beer. Um, and it's it's definitely, so beer, beer styles and looking into new beer styles and pushing our knowledge and our abilities is something that I think in a year's time, like I'm excited to see what we'll have done, you know, um, because that's something that like we're really passionate about and that, that we, we really want, want to do. Um, so that, that's going to be a big one for us. Um, also in terms of sort of like beer packaging, I know it, 
it it sounds silly to a lot of people and to a lot of bigger breweries but we didn't have beer in cans for quite some time uh, because we, we just weren't producing enough you know people go oh well, why haven't you got cans and you're like well you know there's there's a lot there's a lot that goes into canning beer yeah that you don't necessarily yeah. realize um and we were always brewing too little to can and even when we were brewing enough it was that thing of well where we were we couldn't get a mobile canning line in so we had to send our beer away and there's, there's yeah. kind of all the anxiety that comes with that and yep. you know is is the do okay and is you know what's gonna happen to it and things like that so we didn't have beer in cans for a long time and so having we've just now got four different cans which is the most cans we've ever had since we were a brewery and for us like that's a massive achievement to have four different beers in can um so again in the next year definitely like exploring different packaging options and getting more stuff out there in can is definitely something that that we want to do um i mean in terms of smash the pint triarchy there'll obviously there'll be a beer festival um, <laughs> you've said so because we've just made it so so <laughs> manifested it <laughs> i mean the, the plan the kind of in my mind the 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 brief outline of it was well if i aim to if we aim to kind of do maybe like four five issues a year then you know one every kind of three months um seems doable and seems you know it seems like with each issue i'm hoping that it will just gain momentum and uh with each issue i'd love to do an event um to launch it and and to bring it to a new audience so so that's kind of on the card so so with smash the pine truck it's definitely like get more people involved get more people you know doing these things get involved in these activities um learning about different perspectives and campaigning for equality in the in the industry um and that's hopefully hopefully will happen that sounds like I think, a good plan yeah if anyone's <laughs> gonna if anyone's gonna will it to happen it's definitely gonna be you. like i yeah. feel like what you're doing is all the right <laughs> stuff so if anyone's gonna make it happen it's definitely gonna be you <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's all of our questions. Um, yeah, I think so. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been delightful. Yeah, <laughs> it's been nice to to have a drink over the internet again. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like I've just been, you know, getting up, get to the brewery, get home again, and and not really seeing many different people at the minute. So yeah, it's been nice to kind of properly chat to you. Oh, amazing. Any yeah, no, time, let us know, and we'll, you know, we do zooms all the time. George, we every do, uh, yeah, <laughs> every Monday. That's it, every Monday. Done. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we can highly recommend your beer to anybody. Go and grab their beers, and keep your eyes out for the next issue of Smash the Pint Triarchy. Um, and thank you so much for coming on. No problem. Thanks for having me again. Any time. Um, that i really enjoyed that conversation yeah it was really good uh i think much like some of the other other people that we have spoken to on the podcast um grace and liquid light and the smash the patriarchy zine that she's working on uh, like it it all kind of aligns with the things that we want to do yeah um i am 100 ready to work on smash the patriarchy the beer fest oh definitely like i i mean it's no secret that like you know i've helped out at mini beer fest now for this over this last year um and i've really enjoyed that 
and I would love to be able to use like my project management skills uh, within the beer industry. Um, so not just serving pints, but doing the like, because what I love about my job is I love like the coordinating and the sort of stakeholder management and all that. So I would love to be able to do that, like within the beer scene. So I am more than willing to give my time to help with any events, especially something as good as like what this could potentially be. So, I mean, she said it out loud now. It has to happen i'm willing to do anything from like uh, moving things from point a to point b to helping her however she needs so anything i could do to get that cause out there got my time so let's do it let's do it um we talked about the fantastic label art we didn't talk about their amazing t-shirts um no i didn't even realize <laughs> for those that are listening they do these lovely um tie-dyed t-shirts so they're quite similar to the liquid light images uh, but they do them in different color sets so this one that i am wearing is kind of pastel shades um, there was like ones that were different blues and ones that were in different shades of green and it was just they are great i, I love it. it i wonder if that i wish we talked about them because i wonder if they like tie-dye them themselves or if they get somebody out oh, if we they buy them pre-tie-dyed well i didn't know we to ask, ask that because i didn't even realize no, I didn't the screen was it. blocking the fact no. that i i i almost thought it was your coven brewster's one you've been getting a lot of tie-dyed got, shirts right, so i've got lately. three i mean i'm <laughs> we've like, made the vault on... city together right i've got three now because i've got my vault city i've got my liquid light and i've got my coven brewster's one and i'm like, really I, jealous I'm of into all of them like so i've got the vault city one i'm happy with my vault city one like for sure but i was so jealous of your coven brewster's one and i'm jealous of that because those colors are amazing i know it's so good uh well next time you can project manage your trip better and actually get to liquid light when it's open and then you can buy a t-shirt well (laughs) (laughs) yeah who who would have even guessed that two project managers couldn't even coordinate a piss up in a brewery like (laughs) quite literally literally quite literally two project managers failed to be able to make it through even 50 percent of the list that we had <laughs> you were on a very tight time scale we were i mean be, as always yeah. as i always do it you Don't know jam it all in yeah but also i i think my project management i do it so like day-to-day job when i get home at the end of the day i'm like yeah no it's what like oh some people take holidays to like get away from that you know it's to escape the day-to-day <laughs> life I'm just going to claim that like yeah. oh, because I project I manage all the time like I was on holiday so basically planning went completely out the window <laughs> I love it I love it um so if people would like to uh you know talk to you about your project management skills where can they get hold of you Tori Pell I, I mean I genuinely I like to think I genuinely do a decent job <laughs> project managing when I have she to, is a good project if she you is. want to uh if you want to rent out my skills that I've obviously really demonstrated I'm good at <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at adventures underscore in underscore optimism and I also wrote I posted a new blog post you did not that long ago not to date things I'm just gonna say not that long ago um I put that out there and it was on a place it was brew monster in Cardiff and I'm in the process of writing something up for Sheffield, our trip to Sheffield. So hopefully that goes out less than a month after we've been there because project management. Uh, but the link for that is uh, for the overall blog is in my bio on Instagram. So, Joe, if people want to talk to you about tie-dyed t-shirts and your tie-dyed t-shirt Ooh. growing addiction, where can Please. they find um, you? If you would like to recommend some more places that I can get tie-dyed brewery t-shirts, you can find me. I'm a woman's brew on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I tend to hang out on Instagram. 
Um, uh, but if you'd like to come and talk beer and learn about beer, you can do that at my beer school, which is Love Beer Learning on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok and Pinterest. Although my Pinterest scheduler is having a funny five minutes and won't post anything. So <laughs> I'm working on that. But however, there is also a website, which is probably the best place to come and find all of the good stuff. That is lovebeerlearning.co.uk. And if you would like to tell us about places you want us to go, um, places you'd like us to review, people you want us to talk to, um, tell us about beers that we should be drinking or places we should be visiting to drink beer. Yeah, hold me accountable. Yeah. If you tell me I've got to write about something, yeah. I then become more accountable. She will put, put it on her blog. You can do that at <laughs> our email address, which is lovebeerlearning at gmail.com. Let us know what you want to hear about on the podcast because we love doing an episode that is inspired by your requests. And I've used the Nottingham glass yes. today. That's Gordon's one. He yeah. said, he said oh, that yeah, Gordon's one. Thank you, Gordon. <laughs> he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> on that note, everybody. Anyways, on that note, have a lovely evening. Go enjoy your spoopy moon. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>